0: Hello everybody and welcome to Chats Under the Cherry Tree. This is a publishing podcast brought to you by Sweet Cherry Publishing and today we've got the absolute joy of sitting down with Sophie Jones who's one of the designers here at Sweet Cherry and specifically today we're going to be talking about the book When Frankie Made a Human. Right, we are here with Sophie Jones who is the lead designer on When Frankie Made a Human. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Sophie Jones. Um I am the lead designer when Frankie made a human and a designer at Sweet Cherry Publishing. When I'm not in the office, you can find me on some beach somewhere with my hammer, um, uh, knocking on rocks, trying to find fossils because I absolutely <laughs> love fossils and dinosaurs. Um, yeah, that's me.
0: So you are a designer here at Sweet Cherry. Now, yes. I'm doing this podcast from the, uh, the viewpoint of someone that was very much like myself before I started here. Didn't have a clue what was going on in terms of actual work processes and all the different job roles behind the scenes in publishing. So in a quick nutshell, just a quick, we'll go into it a bit more detail in a bit. But how would you describe your role as a designer?
1: Um, so designers really are involved in every part of bringing a book to life. Um, as soon as a book project's conceived or we receive a submission that we really love, we'll start researching um, similar books within the genre, immersing ourselves in bookshops, observing design trends within the industry, um, thinking about the reader first as well, who it is that we're trying to appeal to, um, or their parents, um, or their guardians, mm-hmm. and just thinking about what they might want from the book. Um once we've de- defined that sort of initial look and feel, um, we'll begin looking at Illustrator portfolios. Um, we'll need to find someone who can do the sort of style that we've, we're after for the mm-hmm. project. Um, and once we've got them on board, we'll receive the finished manuscript and that's when we'll start getting into the really nitty gritty stuff for designers. Sometimes love, sometimes hate, um, which is setting. So we use a a tool called Adobe InDesign Mm -hmm. and we will receive the manuscript and import that into the the program and literally flow all of the type through all of the pages. We'll be given sort of a desired extent. So extent is the word that we'll use in the industry to basically say how many pages there will be in the book. Um, And once we've done that, the designers at Sweet Cherry also um, write out the illustration briefs. Okay. I know sometimes um in other publishing houses the editorial team will do that. Um but here at Sweet Cherry we really are the main people doing that and we'll it'll be a collaborative thing between us and the editors. So they might suggest things but we'll be the people really adding all the detail in. Um we yeah, so we'll write the illustration briefs um and we'll go go through many proof stages, which is where the book goes back and forth between the designer, the editor and the illustrator. And we'll sort of get from a rough artwork stage for the illustrator to the final artwork stage. We'll make any text amends, get rid of any issues there. Um, and once that back and forth is finished and we've signed it off and everyone's really happy, management are happy, that's when we get to send the book to print. <laughs> that can take a long time on some of the um, older books. Because yeah. obviously, Frankie's sort of 300 uh, 160 pages ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, so it can be quite laborious, but really satisfying when it's done. Um, and then we get to ring the center print bell.
0: You yeah, well, we do. We have a center print bell in the office.: We now. do
1: now will get to ring it as loud as you want and uh, let everyone in the office know that a book has just been sent to print so
0: and it normally gets a very polite round of applause after even really... people that don't know what's going on they'll just start clapping yeah the bell's
1: weirdly off. polite <laughs> clapping like you're at a tennis match or something yeah it, it is. is yeah but it's really fun it's really good
0: so we're obviously here today to talk about frankie And the reason why I chose Frankie and wanted to speak to you is because in my short time in publishing, out of all the books that I've seen Sweet Cherry do, this one, in my opinion, has the most interesting design elements in it. There's design elements all over this book in terms of different fonts, little stitches everywhere. The illustrations are phenomenal in this book. The illustrator did a fantastic job. Um, Even like the chapter headings being the illustrations with the eyeballs and... um, And all the black and white full-page images. Obviously, there's some pages where we've got some extra space and you've got like the Frankenstein-style stitching taking up that extra space so that it isn't just a wasted page. Yeah. So how how did you go about with elevating what is already a good book? Yeah. With the design elements in Frankie?
1: Obviously, when we cost up how much we can afford to spend on a book. And the forefront of everything Sweet Cherry does is that it needs to be accessible. And so we have to keep the cost down. Mm -hmm. But what's really nice is that the designers are sort of given free reign in a way to be as creative and inventive as they can be Mm -hmm. with the extra elements that we add. And so with Frankie, it just made sense to add lots of like stitching and lightning bolts and things like that. Um, In a way, I think it's a really good thing that we can treat the extra space around the words in a way that makes it still legible but we can use that as a blank canvas to add extra elements that just make the book feel really fun for the reader yeah and I like doing that especially for reluctant readers as well people who might not think that reading a book is the most interesting thing they could be doing with their time Mm -hmm. but I feel like it just will give them an extra sense of the fun and immersion into the world especially if they're a more visual person
0: yeah absolutely absolutely I mean yeah in terms of reluctant readers I mean I was a reluctant reader as a kid yeah. still am in some respects I'd pick this up yeah and just be instantly interested in all the different uh, stuff going on in the book and it isn't just a load of words on a page there's all the extra little bits that accompany it yeah so you get given Frankie as a project how what obviously, what challenges and opportunities arise with a book like this, and how would you then go around utilizing the opportunities and dealing with the challenges?
1: Yeah, so I think one of so when we receive the manuscript, uh, every designer works differently, but I will always read the book fully before mm-hmm. going into the design of it. Um, and I think the author Rachel Delahaye created this really interesting vast world for Frankie really good at world building yeah and then the challenge for me was how am i ever going to um sort of get this across visually <laughs> <laughs> and um and so a lot of it was going to come down to the the brief for the illustrator yeah but for me i always sort of want to be less detailed in my brief initially because i really want the illustrator to put their own spin on it at mm-hmm. the same time. I think you can restrict them a little bit too much sometimes when you brief things if you get really specific about what you want. Yeah. And um so the illustrator Mighty Schmidt um was just fantastic.
0: Yeah, she's phenomenal. Like it, the the book looks incredible. Yeah. The illustrations are unbelievably detailed.
1: Yeah. It you can tell that she read the book and then read the brief. And then just went crazy. <laughs> she Every time you read it, you spot a new detail that you didn't spot before yeah. because the illustrations are so detailed and so full of like extra world building things that just build on what Rachel Delahaye had already written. Um, and so it was just like a joy to receive the illustrations in every time they would come in. Like she's fantastic. She's done such a good job and just put so much effort in. And like, there's so many little Easter eggs that me and um, Charlu, the editor, wouldn't have thought of that she's just included, and it's just a joy, it really is. So
0: then, obviously, we've got all these fantastic images that come, or illustrations, I should say, sorry, uh, that come back. (laughs) So with your role, um, obviously, I know you've briefed where you want the illustrations. Is it once you've got the illustrations back that you start to put all the other design elements in, such as the stitching and the small little illustrations that are dotted here and there and the uh, the changes in yeah. um, fonts? Do you do all that before or after you've already got the illustrations back?
1: So we'll receive the manuscript and we'll start flowing the text through. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, we'll be already be thinking about fonts, so all the fonts will be in there. And obviously, we'll have to leave spaces for the illustrations. Um, and so we need, it's really like finding that balance between working out where illustrations need to go that make sense to the story and really maximize the exciting, the most exciting moments. Um, But also making sure that um, the text fits really nicely on a page. There's a lot of tweaking and Mm. going back and forth and moving words around so that they fit really nicely around the illustrations and they're still legible. It can be, it's like a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle really. Um, the most important thing is making sure that both the text and the illustrations are legible to the reader, right? And yeah. make sense. Yeah. And then once that has sort of been set, it's set in stone then. We won't, won't really get too many text amends where text will move around. Um. And once yeah, once we've done that, we can start thinking about all the other extra little bits that we can add in as designers to make it feel really full and interesting to look at.
0: Nice. So w- when it comes to choosing fonts, do you liaise with the editorial on that? Or is that purely a design choice? Once the words have been finalised, you can basically yeah. play around how you want with it?
1: The editorial team will sometimes sort of highlight things in the original Word document that we received the manuscript in, yeah. um, where they think it might be a nice idea to have a different font. Mm-hmm. But um, And they will obviously tell us during the proof stages where we go back and forth their opinions on things. Um, but... Charlie was re- really good at sort of letting me have free reign on making a lot of the decisions around that um and so really it is a designer's choice
0: which means like you say you get to have some fun some creative free reign with something like this yeah um is this one of the more how do i phrase it taxing books in terms of how many design elements are in this that you've done because obviously i know that some of our for example our easy classics yes they're fully illustrated and things like that but they sort of don't necessarily have all the extra bells and whistles that this has
1: yeah so when frankie made a cumin would fall in um the trade category yeah um which means for me the ultimate goal was to see this on the shelf at waterstones Mm -hmm. and with that that leaves a bit more time to have a lot of fun with those extra things whereas something like the easy classics range that we do I think it's more important that it's accessible, and it might be sold in other channels. Um, and so maybe the designers have to do do things a little bit more quickly, and they might not have time to do all those extra bits.
0: Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. And like you say, with it being trade, the the sort of the, the nicer it looks, the better in every aspect. Obviously, we try and make every booklet nice, but there's only you can't put extra bells and whistles in every single project. No, every single project's going to take. An shine, <laughs> yeah. especially when like you say and easy the classics. designers
1: would do that if they were allowed yeah because they're all extremely passionate and and obviously want to put everything they can mm. into making these books as fun and as interesting to look at as possible um but yeah it's just finding that balance and a lot of that comes from the management team and the original sort of um strategy in place because every single book we do has a title strategy and that just means that the project teams thought about all of these different things and the costs involved in making the book mm-hmm. ahead of time, and really helps you build a schedule and what you can and can't do.
0: So the cover of this stands out; like it looks phenomenal on the shelf, and it will look great on any bookshelf um, and any bookstore bookshelf. Thank you. How? do you approach that obviously it's full color which (laughs) we have got full color on the back inside covers and front cover um lovely is what would you call it is it black and white two-tone inside for the illustrations um how do you go about finding the cover that or asking and designing a cover because obviously you get the illustrative from the get the illustrations from the illustrator yeah then what's your next step with that in terms of designing a cover
1: I think so it sort of happens before you even get the illustrations back because as I said before you are even before you um, have received the submission you're already going into bookshops and looking at good design right Mm -hmm. and so when the submission comes in or you receive the manuscript and you read it um, you're constantly looking at the market it's going to sell in and what is going to fit within that genre yeah um, and a lot of the design work will happen before the illustrators even been briefed, so I was already thinking about the title design and the series title design and the colours that I wanted um Frankie has a fifth colour plate, which basically mm-hmm. means it's got one spot colour of ink, a bright neon green that is just separate from the rest of the colours you would typically print with, yeah um. And I I want to do that for all of the books in the Gruesomely Good and the Misunderstood series. It's such a long series <laughs> name. Um, uh, just to make it really pop and like yeah. captivate the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like briefing the cover, um, I sometimes get in trouble because I always go over the top with the detail. Like okay. um, I've had feedback before that my covers are too busy. Um <laughs> uh, for some people's tastes right but like uh, for me as a kid I wanted to spot things every single time I'd look at it maybe something else Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't personally to me it doesn't bother me that it's quite a busy cover um you know it's got the main character looking really sweet and cute which is exactly what it's like it's got some intrigue on there because obviously you've got the human shape in the doorway and it kind of gives you a clue as to what the book is about yeah um and you've got the lightning and the windows on the side like it it just i I think for me getting across the story and what it is you what it is the little reader is gonna actually get from the story has to really come across
0: yeah and I do, I do and you're right it it, there's a lot going on on the cover but I personally wouldn't say it was busy because when you look at it straight away your eyes draw to Frankie yeah is in, the, in the most foreground part of the cover yeah and obviously the title which looks phenomenal as well and then sort of as you look at it more is as you start to start to notice everything else going on so yeah. I think it stands out really well and it's one of those things that stands out but also is detailed and intricate and you can look at it for longer than 30 seconds and still see stuff that you probably not realized was yeah. there before.
1: Yeah. And and the illustrator has been a big part of making that happen. Mm. Like playing with color in a way that makes Frankie stand out at the front. Um, and bits of intrigue sort of fade into the background, but are still there and visible when you look for them. Mm. Um, yeah. She's amazing.
0: So I know for a fact that you are a big fan of Frankie as a character in <laughs> general uh, what do you love about him so much
1: he <laughs> he just embodies what everyone feels as a kid growing up and feeling like they don't belong and mm. having complete imposter syndrome yeah so he is the sort of an ancestor of the original Frankenstein's monster. Okay. And that is described in, in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, Frankenstein's monster kicked out Dr. Frankenstein out of the castle. And now <laughs> him and all his ancestors have lived there forever um, until we get to Frankie. Mm-hmm. Um, he is shy, maybe a little bit nerdy, um, doesn't have too many good friends at school and... All he wants is to like fit in and be cool. And so he gets this amazing idea that he is going to create a human and that all the kids will think that is the best and most interesting thing in their world. Um, (laughs) And without, yeah, without giving too much away, Mm. things go horribly wrong. (laughs) But he finds a friend who um, helps solve the problems, and actually works out what real friendship is, mm. which is a fantastic, you know, lesson.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a great little um, story arc that he, he goes on. Yeah. And I have to say, I do love the fact that... All, monster world is um very environmentally friendly environmentally cautious it's they such get, a good they've all got organic farming yeah. and all that, and it's the human place that's yeah full of pollution and horribleness so i do i do like that it's a it's a nice juxtaposition it, from what we're used to it is it is
1: it is it's it's completely twisted a typical monster story where the monsters are the good guys and the humans <laughs> are um you know the bad guys who are just polluting the place in a greedy and um yeah, I think it's. Re- I think that's such an interesting little extra... Twist to twist. it. Twist. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I can imagine, like, growing up, having read that, and then, you know, as you get older and more wise about the world around you, you suddenly realise, actually, yeah, that made so much sense. It's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not far off. Yeah. Is it?
0: No, not at all. So, in a more general sense, how do you find being a designer at Sweet Cherry? Because I know just in the short time I've been here, it's a very... <laughs> creative company to work for.
1: Yeah. I mean, so Sweet Cherry, I can't talk on the industry as a whole, but for Sweet Cherry, it's a smaller team. Mm. But then I think that gives you, like any place that you work at where it's a smaller company, that gives you way more influence and way more ability to be creative. Yeah. Um, So the job is like really varied and we work on lots of different things at once which can sometimes be a little bit stressful because you <laughs> sudden one minute I'm like looking at monsters and thinking about you know how I'm going to make Frankie look really sweet and and nice but also as monstery as possible. Yeah. And then the next minute, you know, there's a picture book and we've got to have a tractor in there and you've got to think about that. Um. So and it, and it it's like twenty times a day you're on something new. Um. I don't think I realized before getting the job at Sweet Cherry just how fun the job would be yeah um not just because the office environment generally is like really nice and fun and everyone gets along so well but even the work conversations that we have we just because the books are so fun and interesting we just talk about the silliest things and to ha- and yeah. to, to work out what needs to go into a book um yeah it's just it's just hilarious to me it's really fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, we won't say what book it's from because it's not been announced yet, I don't believe, but we've had way too many conversations about wombat poo.
1: In this yeah, place. yeah. <laughs> way too yeah. many. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> who who gets to sit there and discuss the shape of wombat poo to make sure it's accurate for a book? <laughs> make sure make it's, sure so it's true. designed correctly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right, as we get ready to wrap up on what's been a a nice little chat about Frankie, um, I was just going to ask, have you got any um, advice for either aspiring designers or aspiring illustrators in terms of getting into the business or getting um, your work noticed or anything along those lines?
1: Um, We're constantly on the scout for new illustrators. Um, I think... We work with a lot of um, illustration agencies mm-hmm. um, who have, uh, sometimes have got established illustrators who they will send out the portfolios of if we've got a project where we think, um, we've, we've sort of sent the illustration agency a, a project that we need an illustrator for, mm-hmm. um, and they'll send examples or will be on their websites. But we also do look at all of the illustration sh- submissions that we, we receive, so we have um, an inbox Um, I can't remember the (laughs) name of the... inbox. I'll
0: add it in afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I can't, yeah, do that at the end. But um, yeah, we go through that every day and we'll always get back to you and like, you know, if you've been successful or if we're going to keep you on file. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think for designers, um, the one thing that I have learned is that I think a lot of the time you can have imposter syndrome over your design. And sometimes people especially coming out of uni just talk about having their own style and that being really important and that's relevant to illustrators as well Mm -hmm. but i would say don't be afraid to sort of immerse yourself in a bookshop and look at what other people are doing because no one lives in a void um draw inspiration from the people who are already established and doing the work um and learn from it and Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to do that and don't feel like it's you know copying Obviously don't go copying directly <laughs> from other people's work but um yeah just soak in as much culture as possible and let that, that influence you I think
0: nice well thank you for joining us today i know you're very busy i You've am got a lot of stuff going on <laughs> but um, yeah so when frankie made a human written by rachel delahaye it will be out on the 14th of september it's available now on netgalley um, if you'd like to read it early you make a netgalley account and um, send us a request uh, and if you're sending a request because of this podcast send a little message in there as well that you found it because of this um, that will help big time But yeah, so thank you very much for joining us on Chats Under the Cherry Tree. Thank you, Sophie, for joining me today. (laughs) And um, everyone have a lovely day.